All right, welcome to Yahoo Finance Presents. I'm Brian Sazi, and uh, we have, we're going to have a quite the interesting chat today. Two uh, tech heavyweights, to say the very least. Joining uh, me right now is JC2 Ventures founder, Mr. John Chambers, and we have HPE CEO, uh, Mr. Antonio Neri. Good to speak with you both. Definitely uh, two tech titans here. Uh, John, let me start with you. Uh, okay. We talked. Good to see you, by the way. Always Great good to see you. Show always again. good to see you. Uh, we talked, uh, you were one of my last interviews inside of our big, beautiful studios in New York City, uh, and, and that was March. And you yes. said we would be in the current COVID situation for 12 to 18 months. And, and I was surprised because I've always known you as a sunny, upbeat guy. So that really took me by surprise. Uh, where are we at right now uh, in dealing with COVID-19 and, and how long do you think this will ultimately extend? Well, I've been through six economic downturns now. They always last longer than you think and are deeper than you think. Uh, you hope for the optimistic, but you prepare for the challenges. Uh, when we said it would last well into 2021, uh, you and I both hoped it was wrong. Uh, but unfortunately, it, it turned out to be very accurate. And I think the businesses who positioned their companies that way and the startups who positioned their companies with a scenario A, B, and C planning came through it well. I think that's pretty much where we are. Uh, I think we're optimistic that you'll see a turn up in terms of the uh, uh, virus uh, capability with therapeutical drugs and hope we have vaccine by the end of the year. But uh, when we surveyed the CIOs, and I've seen the surveys, most of them now believe it will be 12 to 24 months impact which means that's what their spending patterns will be as well. So uh, unfortunately, I think it's playing out to be a little bit longer. The business, if you have opportunities that can really change the economics of business, cost savings now rather than focused on growth for customers, uh, then those startups and those large companies are doing well. You know, Antonio, John uh, doesn't have that P&L statement anymore on those earnings calls, but you, uh, but you very much do. Uh, what, do you, what are you seeing in your business right now? Has the you know, we have we did see a little bit of a recovery uh, in uh, May and June. What are you seeing in your business? Well, first of all, um, obviously, um, we are going through this pandemic, which is uh, is creating an enormous amount of uncertainty in the marketplace, um, and obviously a huge impact to the society as a whole. Um, our our approach was the first to protect uh, our employees, um, giving them the tools to work from home, and make sure they are safe. Um, you know, the first half of 2020 was all about the disruption of the supply chain. Um, and now, obviously, it's going to be all about what we see in the demand in the marketplace. But I will say so far that it has been steady with ups and downs where we see uh, significant pockets of strength in areas where the customers understand they need to invest despite the pandemic. Things like the cloud experience deployed everywhere. We're going to live in a much more distributed enterprise than ever before. Uh, the uh, the workforce of the future will change dramatically. Uh, and so that distributed model needs to be supported by technologies that accelerate the digital transformation. So anything associated with virtual desktop, uh, connectivity, obviously security, uh, we see uh, significant strength. And the other area where we see significant strength is also data, data analytics, because obviously um, when you go through the pandemic, um, and I referred this in my blog in the World Economic Forum, you know, it was crazy that people were just sharing data through spreadsheets. And we have an enormous amount of data, and we need to extract every possible value from that data. And so anything associated with AI, machine learning, we see significant strengths. So that's what we see at this point in time. 
but obviously it's going to be dependent to exactly what John said, what the recovery looks like. We subscribe to a U-shaped recovery. The question, Brian, is how far the two sides of the U is and how deep the U is. You know, another interesting point, Brian, and uh, Antonio and I have, have worked together very closely on strategic partnerships, and I think that's a, a trend for the future with large high-tech companies partnering with startups, both innovating faster together than either one can do by themselves. But out of the 18 startups I've invested in, all of them leveled out on their business and now are slowly starting up. So if things continue, that's a very positive trend for the future, while several of them were in free fall in March and April, as you can imagine. You know, John, uh, it seems as though a whole five years of tech innovation has been stuffed uh, down the throats of many companies within three or four months. What does that mean uh, for the next year in tech? Well, I think it means a number of things. First is every company is going to become a digital tech company. It doesn't matter if you're manufacturing, banking, broadcast, et cetera. Uh, the speed is going to be accelerated dramatically on it. It also means the failure rates are going to be accelerated and the ability to break away. So, Brian, you and I have talked about probably 40% of the Fortune 500 disappearing over the next decade. It's probably going to be closer to 50. And unfortunately, you're going to see a number of those continue just in the next year or two. Same thing with startups, 70% uh, disappearing over the next decade. Uh, you're probably going to see dramatic acceleration in the next year or two of startups failing as well. But this is where the big companies who really survive break away. And that's why I like Antonio's strategy about the 5G moving to the edge uh, on it. And it's where startups all of a sudden become the next, you know, and if you will, the next Google or the next Facebook or the next Microsoft or the next HPE or Cisco uh, within that. So it's a chance to break away. How well a company navigates through the downturns really determines their future more than how well they navigate through the upturns. Antonio, you recently wrote a, a really interesting piece. Now, you're, uh, you lead the World Economic Forum's CEO Champions Group on Digital Transformation. You're calling, you say the information age is in fact over. Uh, and now replacing that is the Great Reset. What is the Great Reset? Well, the Great Reset is something that uh, the World Economic Forum has been discussing now for the last few months. You know, the pandemic is, uh, is creating a new normal. Um, and obviously, the mission of the World Economic Forum is to improve societies. And we as a company have a, a, a clear purpose in life, which is to advance the way people live and work. And so we need to take uh, advantage of a very unfortunate event like the pandemic to reset how companies and governments and society work together and take advantage of the digital technologies that we have been developing for the last few years and accelerate that transition as quickly as possible. At the same time, do it in, in a sustainable way and then make sure we don't create a digital divide because obviously, you know, as we think about the events of the last couple of months, it's important that we do this in a very inclusive and, and, and democratic way. So for us, um, I'm, I'm super proud to lead that, um, that uh, CEO Champions Forum because there is a lot of thought leadership in the sense that there's a lot of capital to put a work. Uh, obviously, to John's point, the startup plays a huge role, but also companies like us have a moral and a leadership obligation to lead this big transformation. Three years ago, I said, Brian, that the enterprise of the future will be edge-centric, cloud-enabled, and data-driven. Edge is where we live and work. Here we are. You're working from your home. So John and I having this call. But the future is here and now. It's no longer the future, right? And 
And in order to um, operate in this future, we have to really adopt these new technologies. And that's why we have not only a technology responsibility, but also leadership responsibility. You know, John, uh, Antonio mentions the digital divide. And I think we one of the things that have, have really surfaced during the pandemic is that there are ha haves and have nots. We have people trying to use Wi-Fi from a McDonald's restaurant inside of a parking lot. Clearly, that's that's not okay. Uh, that's not right. How do you close that divide? Well, I think you need a national digital policy. And whether you're a Democrat or Republican or independent, we ought to be pushing all of our leaders for a digital architecture as a country and say, how do we become the most advanced in providing that to all of our citizens? If we don't move the digital agenda, and you know, clearly France has done, and Brian, you and I have talked about what Macron's done so effectively, and India has done remarkably well on the consumer confidence uh, board discussion. Uh, India was one of the most optimistic uh, nations in the world in terms of their consumer confidence. And it ties back, in my opinion, largely to Prime Minister Modi's decision about a digital India, digital manufacturing, digital cities. And they have the best broadband architecture in the world, probably seven times the capacity of the U.S. And it's one of the reasons they're navigating through this terrible challenges so effectively. We need to do the same thing in this country where we think about 5G and we think about the best infrastructure for every person, regardless of their economic status, geographic location, et cetera. Uh, and we need to focus especially on the central part of the nation and the southeast with more startups, more digital architectures, et cetera. So I'd like to see the governors do the same thing in terms of implementation. And education, Brian, also has to change, not just K through 12 in this digital world, but also especially the universities focusing more on outcomes as opposed to uh, specialization in a degree such as law or engineering. John, you were a uh you are a part of George W. Bush's National uh, Infrastructure Advisory Council. You know, how would you advise uh, you know, potential President Joe Biden? What do we need to do on infrastructure and what can be, do what can be done pretty quickly to improve our infrastructure from a tech uh, perspective? Well, whether it's uh, uh, either one of the political candidates, the Democrat or the Republican side, my advice would be the same. Uh, I think we need to write a press release for what we look like at the end of the next four years. We get very aggressive in terms of what that architecture looks like. We move back to not only being the most connected uh, country in the world, which we were 10 years ago, and 10 years ago we were the best startup country in the world. We were the most inclusive company in the world in terms of our GDP growth, the average household growing by in the 90s uh, and early 2000s by 24, 25% per capita income in a decade. We need to set those very aggressive goals and then we need to execute it. To Antonio's point, it needs to be business and government and the citizens working together where the new definition of capitalism is you get economic return for your shareholders, but you also really take into consideration the benefit to society you bring. And Antonio, how would you close that digital divide? Well, I mean, the way I think about it, Brian, it's very simple. You know, 100, 150 years ago, we said, um, you know, everybody should get access to water and electricity. To me, connectivity is an essential service today. We have to think the same way, you know, um, and everybody needs to get access because if you don't, you, you, you're left behind. And so in this digital economy, uh, getting access to that secure connectivity is going to be essential like water and electricity. And so this is where John's point is we have to work together with the governments and establish a long-term agenda 
where basically the policies are sustainable in the way we deliver these services, these essential services to all citizens of the globe. And that to me is a way to close that digital divide that uh, today we experience in, in many parts of the world and even here in the United States for that matter. Antonio, just hearing that, it sounds as though uh, this is a, a civil rights civil rights issue in many respects. I, I believe so. It is because, you know, listen, when I was uh, studying uh, electronics uh, and 25 years ago, uh, you know, I was, um, I was, you know, to me, getting access to books was through just making photocopies in, 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 in my city. It was not available to me digital and not even hard copy for that matter. So uh, it was a hard, a hard way to learn. And now we need to give our kids, our next generation, the opportunity to succeed in the future. Yeah, we'd love to get both of your thoughts. John, I'll start with you here. Uh, what does corporate America look like post-pandemic? I think corporate America post-pandemic uh, is going to be very unique. I, I think the large companies will probably not add headcount over the next decade because of artificial intelligence and productivity growth. Uh, hopefully, uh, corporate America becomes a much more innovative uh, corporate America where the large companies work with the startups, where a lot of the young graduates from schools want to go to the startups and startups think 10 years in terms of their investment return for their shareholders. So I think corporate America will be more innovative, will move faster in terms of the approach. And I think the landscape, when you list the top companies five years from now and 10 years from now, based on how they navigate through this, there are going to be a lot of names that you wouldn't even recognize today on that list. And some big names are going to be missing. So you disrupt or you get disrupted. Uh, I think those companies who don't move much faster than digital get left behind. And Antonio, what does what does HPE uh, look like? How do you transform your company uh, inside of a pandemic, which, in many respects, it may be with us for the next three, four, five, ten years? Yeah. Well, we have been going through a, a uh, what I call the largest transformation in corporate America. My predecessor took some bold moves to split the company and uh, refocus the business in areas where we can compete and win. Um, and that was the foundation by which I took over. And um, and we have been going through our own transformation to become the edge to cloud platform as a service company. As I said earlier, right, the enterprise of the future will be way more distributed. So having that secure connectivity and bringing the cloud experience for all your apps and data is absolutely essential. And that's why I love the partnership with John's startup because we have a common vision and the technologies to deliver against that vision. So for us, HPE will be a totally different company sustained by a clear purpose and corporate values that I'm really proud of it because our, our corporate beliefs are four and very simple. Number one, we believe in accelerating what is next. Number two, we believe in bold moves and we are taking some bold decisions for the long-term sustainable profitable growth of the company. Number three, in the power of yes, we can, putting the we before the I. And number four, being a force for good. And we sustain that with innovation and customer centricity. And then ultimately, you know, um, reflecting the fact that Hewlett Packard Enterprise was the founder of the Silicon Valley, and we can continue to play a significant role uh, in driving that innovations customers need in the next decade. And to your point, I believe the next decade is all about the age of insights and more focus on delivering outcomes through the technology, not technology for the sake of technology. You know, before we uh, wrap up, uh, Antonio, I'd be remiss uh, not to ask you, how are you feeling? Uh, you have recently battled oh. COVID-19. Uh, how are you doing? You look fine to me, but 
Uh, you're the one that went through it. No, thank you for asking. I'm feeling awesome. Um, it has been um, an interesting experience because obviously we, we all talk about the pandemic, but when you live it personally, it gives you a whole complete different perspective. Uh, I went through the two weeks periods like um, every everyone that's infected. Um, you know, obviously you go through the phases of fever and body aches um, and some respiratory challenges, although I didn't have those. Uh, but the good news, I have the antibodies, uh, Brian, so I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat protected in many ways. But it actually informed me how important it is to find the cure for these, these diseases. And this is where HPE has made a significant contribution uh, by making our um, uh, high-performance compute systems and our AI solutions, as well as our patents. We made available all our patents available to the research institutions to accelerate the cure, obviously, to the vaccine and, and, and therape therapeutic solutions in the meantime. Well, that's great to hear. I'm, I'm glad you're here doing okay. And John, you know, last word to you. You know, has the pandemic made you rethink how you build further build out your portfolio. I remember when you first launched your portfolio, it amazes me you still have you have all these companies now. Are you going to pivot more into healthcare focused uh, ventures? Uh, I'm in terms of corporate social responsibility, I'm focused on healthcare corporate ventures, but that's more me just giving to uh, issues like the Rockefeller Institute in West Virginia working on the COVID ring that will anticipate the capability to tell somebody they're coming down uh, with the virus 36 to 72 hours ahead of time and actually track so that somebody like Antonio that does get sick, uh, those that might hit this you know, cliff very quickly and should be headed to the emergency room well before the symptoms show up on it or the ability to uh, filter the air so that you can eliminate most of the virus uh, in the uh, air uh, capabilities. But no, I think it goes back to, Brian, uh, I'm probably more excited by now about how technology will change our lives, mainly for the better, uh, and uh, the focus on artificial intelligence and the computing moving to the edge. Uh, Antonio is kind enough to partner so tightly with Pensano, one of the startups that really is at the core of that. So you're going to see me double down on the big bets I made earlier, more committed to ever to bringing startups across every state in this country. And one last thought for you, I worry that we're going to lose our ability to dream. We are playing so much defense, hunkering down. Uh, we need to realize my parents were doctors, taught me to deal with the world the way it is, not the way it wish you was. Let's dream what is possible, what this nation can look like five years out, how companies can break away, how startups can play a different role, and how we make this inclusive of all society, where summarizing the point that you made so well, every American has uh, access at a very affordable rate to very high speed internet. Uh well said, uh, John Chambers. I know you are not afraid to dream, dream big, and to take bold bets. Let's leave it there, guys. Uh, JC2 Ventures founder John Chambers and HPE CEO Antonio Neri. Good to speak with you both. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank, Thank you, you, Brian. Thank you, Antonio.